1: Rock and Roll Union Podcast. My name is C.T. McManus, and for the next two hours, it is my job to take your mind off the craziness of the world out there, get it refocused in on some good old fashioned rock and roll. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Got a great show for you. We're going to be joined momentarily by Robbie Lochner, the guitarist of Great Jack Russell's Great White. Got a lot of stuff to talk with him. Going to be a great interview. And then, on the top of the seven o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Greg Fox, who heads a Vegas-based orchestra rock band called Renaissance Rock Orchestra. A lot of big names came through, and the funny thing is, <clears throat> our third guest. Uh, we have a little pre-recorded interview. Look at, uh, excited to show you that guys. Uh, been sitting on it for a little bit, but Joel Hoekstra. Of, Transparent Orchestra and White Snake Will be wrapping up the show But the funny thing like I was saying guys Our first guest Robbie Lochner Of Jack Russell's Great White And our closing Joel Hoekstra have all been Part of this Renaissance Rock Orchestra So without meaning to I kind of tied it all up Into Renaissance Rock Orchestra The entire show So we're going to be talking about Of course we're going to be talking about White Snake We're going to be talking about Jack Russell's great white. We're going to be talking Vegas. We're going to be talking everything tonight, guys. It's going to be a great show. A couple words from our sponsors. Rob, <clears throat> Rosenfeld Dental Associates located at 1095 Inman Avenue in Edison, New Jersey. It's five minutes from Metro Park. You can find them at www.njsmile.com. Once again, that's www.njsmile.com. Come rock your smile with the rock doc, David Rosenfeld, nominated one of New Jersey's top dentists for 2020. Discounts apply for Rock and Roll Union members. Tell them CT sent you, guys. Great dentist, man. Great member of the Rock and Roll Union. Our next sponsor slash partner, Phoenix Custom Printings, guys. You know you want to... Take that merch game up to the next level. You need your printing, you need your hats, your t-shirts, all that stuff. Or if you're out there and you're managing a little league team, you're you're trying to do something for that, or you got a, a special activity plan with the family and you want t-shirts made. Phoenix Custom Printing is the guide to get it done. You can find them at PhoenixCustom Inc. at gmail.com. You can email them and let them know what you're looking for, or you can call them at 410. 410- Two zero six two zero eight one. Once again, that number is four one zero two zero six two zero eight one. And finally, our other partner, Brett hung Custom uh, Customs, guys, the home of pick sticks and laminates. Guys, you need custom picks made. I'm telling you, this is the rock and roll version of a business card. This is the best thing that you can do. Brett has done a lot of the bands in rock and roll union he's done uh, ken Shepard for his photography who is also the owner of phoenix custom printing he has done picks for black leg minor our artist of the year he's also done picks for shades of gray our house band of the year so we're all going to brett Hunt customs guys he's in the process of making some really kick-ass rock and roll union picks Really excited to get them out to you guys. And we also announced this past week, and it's going to be a really cool thing. Starting on our show, Jersey Shore Jam 2, on May 15th at Bureau in Atlantic City, Brett Houghton Customs is going to be making exclusive picks for each one of our events, guys. So those picks will only be available at those events once that event is gone, the picks are gone with them, guys. So you want to make it out to these events. You want to be able to collect these picks. And Brent Hunk Customs is hooking all that up. So if you're looking for the next stage, he also does laminates, guys. If you're looking to make your VIP passes, your backstage passes, anything along those lines, or you want to do a, some, some custom drumsticks for that special drummer in your life, Brett Hunk Customs is the guy to check out, man. You can find him on Facebook. You can also find him online at bretthunkcustoms.com. Guys, make sure you get out to him, guys. He's really got it all. Get your gear set up, guys. So we have you covered. With Rosenfeld Dental, there's discounts. With Phoenix Custom Printing, it's uh, 20% off your order. And with Brett Hunk Customs, guys, you're getting... Free artwork done. You're only paying for the picks, guys. So that knocks off a lot of money. That that special is going to end at the end of April. But there's so many different benefits for Rock and Roll Union members. And I'm really, really excited to share them all with you. And uh, we're going to go ahead and kick off the evening with uh, Renaissance Rock Orchestra, man. Uh, they, they just released a song. That is touching base on the pandemic. They're touching base on a lot of things that we're going through between a lot of the arguments and the fighting and politics and everything that's been going on. They've uh, just released a song and it's pertinent really to this time. It's called A Song of Hope, and here it is.
0: This is the total package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation, don't miss out.
2: Check out In The Room, every Tuesday night at 9, listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Kazi Fitz, Matt Grimm.
1: And
3: you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests, like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus,
2: I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then, <laughs> uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation
4: rocky war. Everybody loves
0: granny. Wow. Yeah, see a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yes, Billy, you
4: guys are busting
0: me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOC Nation.com Wednesday nights at nine thirty Eastern time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app.
2: Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Blu Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rat Rod. It's been a long cold winter and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band Shades of Grey playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at six, and show is at seven. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Gray. Jersey Shore Jam Two, May fifteenth at Boo Ray, two o one South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it.
0: Yo, this is Jerry Stag of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobbs nah, here. You getting ready to get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back
1: to the Rock and Roll Union podcast, guys. It is my extreme pleasure to welcome and bring into the Rock and Roll Union family, Robbie Lochner. Rob, you with me? Yes, I am. Hey, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, out of your day to talk with us this evening. And uh, man, got so many things I want to ask you. How you been?
5: Uh, I've been pretty good, all things considered. You know what's, what's been going on for the last year? Not bad. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Uh,
1: the the one funny thing I wanted to tell you off the bat uh, that I just found out probably about an hour ago. I have a gentleman on the show after we're done talking tonight that is with a group that said that you were on their last album, which is Renaissance Rock Orchestra. And yeah, Greg Fox.
5: We, we were actually talking earlier today. I played on his <laughs> uh, song um, "Ice Age Cometh" from the yeah. Tons that's what old, he was telling uh, me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're also that's talking killer. with. Uh, Joel Hoekstra, who's with Whitesnake at the end of the show. So it's just funny right. how it all kind of revolved around the same kind of thing. Right. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but I uh, wanted to ask you how you've been keeping yourself busy. If you guys have done any kind of rehearsing, any uh, any upcoming shows.
5: Well, you know, we haven't rehearsed yet, but I've been keeping busy in the studio um, and I mixed our, we have a live uh, Zeppelin, so great Zeppelin too, that Jack just sounds killer on. He really sounded good. Um, and it's, that's being turned into the label, so when they release it, I don't know, that's up to them. Right. right so I worked on getting that mixed together and been just doing a bunch of different things, just keeping busy in the studio. Also writing um, new songs with Jack for the new records. So we'll be uh, hopefully getting that going. Now Jack moved to Colorado, so we can't get together in person, but we do do the Zoom thing.
1: Gotcha. Now um, so I, I know a lot of a lot of artists out there. They'll they'll record things and send sound clips back and forth Are you guys. Kind of doing that. Um,
5: sort of. What we'll do is I'll set up a Zoom and then I'll have the studio open and then I'll put ideas down and then when we're done I'll kind of formulate and fix everything that needs to be done whatever it may be okay arrange it or whatever put the the vocal idea on there just the melody and then I'll send it to him and then let him listen to it and then figure out okay I like this don't like this whatever it is and we just bounce it back and forth till we we get it right and we we've got you know enough songs ideas for a record but I mean as far as complete ones we've probably got four or five that are complete and one of them the slower kind of blues track is just killer man it's really good
1: it's (laughs) really really, really excited to hear it man and uh now you've been with jack for about uh, roughly nine years now uh could you tell us how that whole thing transpired how you got hooked up with jack in the first place
5: yeah it was actually 10 years ago that i met him it was a little over 10 years ago i met him through um a former great white drummer uh derek pontier derek oh, yeah. i met derek at the nam show that year he came in. i was playing at a um a jam with this band i was in called dig jelly and dario satius who happened to be playing with steve and Piercy at the time was hanging out with derek and they came in while we were playing and i knew dario already because we played together and stuff and then when we took a break i, I you know met derek and We got together and played. I was like, hey, you want to get up and jam? So we got up and played, I think, like 10 songs just as a three piece, you know, a bunch of ACDC and whatever. Mostly Dario singing, but I sang a couple things and whatever. And it it went pretty well. It was pretty cool. So shortly after that, I mean, I kept in touch with Derek, and Derek said, hey, Jack's going to wants to start um, his Shelter Dogs band. And he goes, why don't you come out and meet him? So he brought me and Dario out to the desert where Jack was living and met Jack but at that time he'd been recovering from he had had some major surgery and he really was in no condition to do a band or tour or do anything so that kind of fizzled out and and really I went back and I, I um, hung out with Jack the following week hung out a whole day and then that was that was the end of that now flash forward into December Dario's been keeping in touch with Jack all this time And Dario calls me up and he goes, hey, um, come over to hang out with Jack. He's living in Redondo Beach now. And Jack had bought a boat, got married to Heather. And so I went over there, and it was kind of a funny thing because I go onto his boat, I walk in, and he looks up and he goes, I kind of remember you. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, we hung out a a little bit. (laughs) So that night he, he had decided, he goes, you know, I'm firing my former band, and I am going to start my own version of Great White. Would you like to join? And the truth be told, I was hesitant. I was like,
1: "Oh
5: boy, what am I getting myself into?" Right. But you know, here we are, almost ten years later. It's coming up on ten years, and um, you know, it's been it's been good. It's been just you know, musically and just friendship wise. There's just a lot of been a lot of great stuff out of it.
1: Man, now the one thing I got to say is I saw you guys perform. I want to say maybe two or three years ago at the TLA in Philadelphia. And I seen Jack walk through the door heading up to the stage, and he seemed like maybe he was a little worse for wear, or he was feeling some physical pain. But the minute he hit the stage, it was like all that was gone. Like I, I the, the transformation he makes when he hits the stage, I, I can't fathom it.
5: I know it, it's like the fountain of youth pill. There, So all of a sudden you jump up on
1: stage and kaboom! Everything's back to 1989
5: <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's it's pretty
1: amazing. Now, one thing that that, was- um, that I wanted to ask you about because it, it's you you brought up your friendship with Jack and what a lot of other bands do, and I, I've seen it happen, is kind of a hired gun kind of situation. Now, you've been with him for 10 years, so it goes way beyond that. Yeah. Does anyone ever approach you about that, about, like, are you just a hired gun or are you a member? Like, with it being called Jack Russell's Great White, it kind of throws him in the front, but you guys have been with him for a long time, am I right? Right. So, I mean, it
5: ultimately, it, it is Jack Russell's Great White. It's Jack's band. Ultimately, decisions and things come down to him. Uh, so basically, I mean, I, I help manage the band. I tour manage and I do pretty much the business. And so anything that business wise comes through, I, I have to run everything through him. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows what's going right. on in the business, but he just likes it to be fielded. It's just easier than trying to field everything himself. So that's what I do. And, I, and then I'll bring things to him and then we discuss it and he'll make a decision. And I'll make suggestions. I think this and sometimes I'll be like, Okay, we've got this going on and I know you're gonna wanna do it and and I'm right. And then there'll be times where he'll just be like, Nah, he'll I will suggest something. He goes, No, I wanna do this. And I'm like, Okay, you know, it's your your decision. So as far as being a higher gun, I mean, you know, ultimately, I mean I feel like I'm part of the band and even on that last record, I mean I was a co writer on the whole thing. We recorded it in my studio the last week records. Yeah, yes, and uh, the Acoustic Bites, yeah, recorded, mixed it, produced it here. And so, I mean, I, I definitely involved with him quite a bit, <laughs> I guess you could say. So as far as a hired gun, I don't feel like it. I feel like it's a band, but ultimately it is Jack's band, and if he decided one day that he didn't want me in the band anymore, that would be the end of that. So it wouldn't be like I have a share in anything, if you know right, what I mean? Right, right. So, and, and it should be that way because it is his band, and he, he felt he was screwed over by his former band. So he really needs to maintain control. And that's kind of been my push for him once I kind of slipped into that co managing I'll call it role, is that you need more control because it's always been in a position where, you know, he came up in the 80s and there was always people right. running everything for him, you know. And I was like, you really need to just be more hands on. You need to get yeah. you know you're a special email for business. You need – you know and really wanted to give him – so it was like, okay, this is your baby. Everything is yours. You need to have the YouTube channel in your name. You need, to, you need to have things in your name, not other people's names, because when they leave or get fired or whatever happens, then you lose all that, and you're back to square one. Like, right. well, so no matter what happens, you need to be the guy that has everything. So if I'm gone or anybody's gone, you're still – okay to continue doing what you want to do
1: that's awesome
5: so now with it, uh, it, it, go ahead I'm sorry uh, you know, I, was gonna, I was just going to say so I mean I feel like yes I'm part of the band and it, it is a band and we've got a great friendship and a great respect for each other though ultimately yes it's his band so mm. you know that there it is
1: now with um, as far as the business end of things you, as you mentioned he came up in the 80s And we both know the business is so completely different today. Uh, Yep. As he, I mean, some people kind of like to cling on to the way things were. Some people are a little bit more apt to change with crazy times. How has that affected him as far as his view is concerned to the current music scene or yours as well?
5: Well, for me, I'm pliable. I'm just like, okay, wherever it's going, I I need to follow it because that's not trend-wise, but uh, as far as sounds of music and such, but trend-wise, as far as where the business is going, I mean, a lot of guys are just really bothered. You don't sell many CDs. You don't, you know, it's it's moved to iTunes or Spotify, and it's like, well, if that's where it's going and that's where it's at, then that's what we need to focus on. So for him it's been a little different in, in a lot of different ways because he was clinging on to a lot of that and he's become more and more open to to a lot of changes, such as me when I first started tour managing. I mean, it was like you never have a band member tour manage for a band, why would you do that? You gotta have a separate manager, separate tour manager, separate this, separate that and slowly he's kinda realized, wait a minute, we don't need that. And it works better because then Everybody makes more money. He makes more money. The band makes more money. If I'm doing the tour managing, because I'm not taking tour managing money, we're not paying an extra flight, extra rooms, extra, you know, all these, all the above, right? So he starts right. seeing the benefit in it, and he's a smart guy. He knows. So when he sees it happening and working, he goes, "I get it." And on top of that, being a band guy and being the tour manager, I tend to do things that are good for the band. Or sometimes you get tour managers that don't. They do things that they want to do. For them, I don't know if I want to say for themselves, but kind of for themselves or for whatever right. reasons. Whereas I'll be thinking, no, I want to get here in this town so we can sleep, or I'll start thinking of things that are good for us. I want to make sure that we can get a shower before a show instead of being forced into, hey, we're going to arrive just in time, or too bad, you don't get a shower. Ha ha, deal with it. That's rock and roll. You know, for me, I'm like, no, I'm going to work this. If I can make it work, I'm going to make it work to the benefit of the players in the band. I want everybody to be Absolutely. happy. Absolutely.
1: And you know, one of the benefits that you brought up that I'm sure is there for you guys is by being in the band, you kind of see the effects that it has on you guys personally. Whereas when you have an outside source, they're not looking at things in the same light.
5: That's exactly right. And especially in a management position, because the manager would never be on the road. So he'll do things and and book things and and things that just, uh, you know, don't. (laughs) They don't really benefit the band. There's there's shows that we had booked that a, a manager had booked that just weren't beneficial. That Jack wasn't happy about, and the way the travel worked out, and and a lot of things we all look at and go, well, I'm in the band. I have to travel. I'm going to be there. I want to make sure that we're not killing ourselves. And right. of course, Jack, because it's harder on him than it will be on us. And it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. You might go a day or two without sleeping. That's not a lot of fun. So I look at how can I do this to make it as comfortable as possible and give us maximum amount of fun on the road? Because, I mean, ultimately, only right now we miss it all. But ultimately, it's the playing on stage that is the gratification of everything.
1: Right. So, now, uh, but so take us into that Like I mean, as far as you, you had said that you, one of the things that you make sure of is you guys – have that time for a shower before a show or that you're not just arriving by the skin of your teeth. What's a day, a show day look like?
5: Well, that would depend on the show. If it's, if it's a connecting show because basically what we do is weekends. So we'll leave on a Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, come home on Sunday. Sometimes we might play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or say a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or sometimes it's just a one-off. So they're all completely, totally different. Totally different because it would, if you're talking about playing a Friday and have to get somewhere on a Saturday, depends on where that is on a Saturday. Does it make sense for us to drive if it's close enough? I'll rent a minivan and I can put us all in a minivan, as opposed right. to flying and going to I get to a little airport. It might be a secondary market that there's tiny little airport and and we're flying, you know, 30 minutes for a, a short, you know, a drive that might be, let's say three or four hours i mean we're just gonna drive it it makes more sense we're in control but if it's something further then i've got to really look at it and i have to really go through it before i book the flights or anything i'm looking at and go okay if we get out at this time and we're done the show at this time we're going to get to sleep about this time we have to lobby call at such and such time so a lot of times what i'll do is i'll write a whole text and send it out to the band and go okay here's the lobby call time here's where we're staying Give them all the information. This is what the travel is going to look like, so they get a good idea. So it really does depend completely on each individual situation. right? And so it depends. Yeah. I mean sometimes showtime might be 9 o'clock. could be 10. could be 10.30. It could be 11. So it's just – it's so all over the map. I have to have all the information in front of me to know what we're doing on any given weekend.
1: Are you guys able to schedule any kind of leisure time in there? Maybe after the shows are done, do you guys stay an extra day anywhere?
5: Uh, We don't typically do that, though. We have gone in early. We played in Oregon a couple years ago, and we went in a day early, and it was great. We went up. We did a river ride, and we hung out, and we did the sound check the day early. It was an outdoor thing, and we just got together and kind of a little bit of I don't know. I want to say partying, but you know, because Jack doesn't party, but the rest of us maybe have a drink or two and have fun. It's like, yeah, hey, let's make it just relaxed and easy, and and have fun with it, and we had a good time. So occasionally we'll get that. It just really depends. We also did an acoustic thing. It was just Jack and I up in in Minnesota, and we went in, and they were really like, okay, we're booking you for two days, but we really only want you for one. How about you come in? that the the day the day before and just hang out a little bit and we did and we had a really nice. good time and it was just super cool we got to see things we got to hang out and meet a lot of people and and then when we did the show we played three hours that was the longest show we've yeah. ever done any electric acoustic anything any show we played three hours we got to the point where we got through our set list and I was going, yeah, you know, I always wanted to play uh, Dust in the Wind. And I started playing it, and then he starts singing it, and we played the song. And I said, hey, let's do Stairway to Heaven, and we just started pulling stuff out. It was a lot of fun.
1: Now, with the uh, with what you just said with the Stairway to Heaven, did that kind of lead into that new Zeppelin thing that you're doing? Did it lead into it? What, do you mean? Like, like what, what brought you guys to, to covering Zeppelin? I mean, for the, for, you said that you guys made an album – with, yes. With Zeppelin uh, well, material.
5: Jack had
1: Jack's known for singing the Zeppelin
5: stuff, and he had done the Great Zeppelin with the old band years ago. So he thought, why don't we do? I want to do it again, and so we did. We put together a set, and we played some shows, and and then uh, we recorded everything, and. Um, just He wanted to do another one and do different songs, but we did do Stairway, and we did do No Quarter and The Rover. I think those three were on the other version. But, I mean, it sounds – he sounds really good, and it sounds pretty authentic as far as the That's guitar awesome. tones. And I was really into making sure the tones were close and played stuff like the record. We did Heartbreaker, Living Love and Maiden. On Heartbreaker, I really made the solo sound pretty much like like the record. So there's one tiny spot where he does this little dee dee real fast two notes, and I only hit one, and it just drives me nuts. I'm like, I just got one little thing, but everybody, everybody who listens to us, going, "What are you? What are you talking about?" But I'm going, "There's a spot where he goes dee dee, not dee," <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I missed it." <laughs> but it it now, feels a lot like the record.
1: <laughs> that's that and I've seen him do that before. Uh, the the old zeppelin stuff and yeah i mean it's amazing that he's still able to hit those octaves and those notes man because even jimmy page i mean rob uh robert plant had a problem with that as he got older and uh but i wanted to ask you as far as you brought up that you guys did an outdoor show and i've seen you guys at m3 quite often and uh do you prefer indoor shows or outdoor shows? Well, I think that depends
5: on the venue. Some of the outdoor shows are really cool. If they're bigger shows and a good stage and good sound, and it's a lot of fun. So it would just depend on the venue. I mean, if it's M3, a, a venue like that, that's great. So and, and it depends if it's raining. We played, I think it was in Minnesota. We were opening for Brett Michael's. And it started hammering, rain down, a freezing cold. I mean, it was oh, raining man. all day. We're out, we're out there backstage, going, Are we gonna play? And they're like, Oh, I think so. You're gonna have you play. And we're going, Okay. And then when it came time to play, and it was kind of just lightly sprinkling, and then it started hammering. And there's people who took uh-huh. photos of it, and it was surreal. But the, the guys, the bass player and drummer, Dicky and uh, Dan, were both back under the overhang. Tony, myself, and Jack were out on this this ramp out front, and when and we were being hammered down on rain, and I'm looking around going, and everybody felt the same thing. Like, this is surreal. It was just – it was it was uh, something none of us will ever forget, and luckily Absolutely. we didn't get electrocuted. Now, it's funny. We, we were done. We finished our set. Brett Michaels is going to come on, and the clouds just clear. I um, mean it was like Brett Michaels is here. Okay, now the rain can stop. I'm <laughs> like, wow, it pissed on us. <laughs> And then he came out and put on a show. <laughs> was,
1: the glory of God be with Michael.
5: But uh, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, you see that? The clouds disappeared for him. How? What? Why couldn't you come and stand here while we were playing?"
0: <laughs> so,
1: as well as uh, the recording, have you got? Have you been doing anything to occupy your time as far as this whole shutdown, pandemic, and all that is concerned?
5: Well, I mean, my focus has been in my studio because it's in my house. So, uh, gotcha. I have a three-car garage that's been converted. So I've been writing, recording, mixing, producing, and on a bunch of different stuff. And, of course, Jack's whatever I do with Jack is first priority, but while we're not doing any of that, then I'm working on other stuff. So I've got a bunch of different things, and I've, I've jumped on – one thing, I did a solo for a band called A Fall to Break out of Tucson, a metal band. And these guys are just – they're really good, really good stuff. So I was like – he had uh, this guy, Craig Arts, had sent me a track before the record was done. I go, man, I want to play a solo on something. He goes, really? He goes, I was afraid to ask you. I was go, no, no, send me something. So he did, and the first single they put out called A Star I'll Become" and it started getting traction. It was getting played on KFMA and Tucson and some of these active rock stations. And then they just put out another video – violence and i'm like man i wish i played a solo on that the The, the video is just amazing it's like a, a netflix feature but these guys are now getting a a, a deal through sony Some like That's sweet awesome. so that i did, i did that i did something for rev jones just this week uh who else have i done stuff for oh was it mr scary i did two tracks for mr scary and then i did the uh we did um I did something that I produced here, which was the uh, remake of Hold the Line, the Toto song's acoustic version, with Robin McCauley and Jack both singing on it. And Robin actually came over here and sang, and it was the honor for me to have the band step up to the microphone and deliver the goods like he did. And there's some great musicians on there. I mean, really good. It's acoustic version, which we have a YouTube video out for. And then I've got an instrumental coming out this week called Remember When that'll debut on my youtube channel on wednesday and that's something i recorded here along with a bunch of just a lot of different things that i'm doing there's some other solo stuff i'm doing that i don't know whether i'll release it i'm singing on it and i'm a little little shy about myself singing i'd rather have a real singer but i mean i can sing the stuff but it's you know i'd rather have the, the front guy doing it but i do it because sure. it keeps me busy
1: my, my last question for you, Robbie, is while while you've been producing all this stuff, and it seems like what I've seen personally is that creativity and writing and new music seems to be off the charts right now because everyone's kind of been locked in place and there hasn't been that ability to play live shows. So everybody's kind of switched to writing. Do you perceive once this whole pandemic is behind us a new kind of resurgence in rock you know i hope so
5: i don't know i mean it's just so hard to tell what's going to happen and when it's going to break i mean our first show right now is slated for may 29th and at that point we'll we're, we're going to get rolling we've got two shows in june two in july right now and one every month all the way out which is slim Pickens. but i figure once we start playing It'll get rolling, and will the crowds be there? Will people – will there be a resurgence? I, We just don't know. I mean I'd like to say yes and be positive about it and go, yes, there's going to be – and people are going to want to go to shows, and they're going to want to buy CDs and vinyl and whatever, but mostly download. But uh, I hope so. I sure hope so. I mean I'm hearing a lot of good stuff coming out, a lot of stuff bands are doing right now. or It's a lot better than when I was hearing a year or two ago from a lot right. of these bands. I mean, I'm like, wow, that's, dude, wow, these guys, everybody's stepping their game up.
1: Now, I mean, when you guys do get back out stuff. there, when, when you get back out on the road, are you guys, um, how do you feel as far as like COVID protocols and mask mandates and stuff like that? Do you do you guys worry about stuff like that or do you just kind of just well, go with the flow? I'll, I'll follow all those guidelines. I'm not worried about
5: it, but I'll follow all those guidelines and, and especially for Jack that I think we need to. Right. Because he is a little bit compromised. So we definitely will follow them all. Am I worried? No, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think, you know, I'm fine, but I will certainly follow all those and respect everybody's thoughts with that. So.
1: And you know what, uh, uh, Robbie? You know, I said that was my last question. I actually got one more for you because I'm getting ready to play uh, the acoustic. uh, The uh, Rock Me. Now, I I know that you said that was one of your favorites from him before you even did anything with him. What is it about that song, and what brought that acoustic, do you feel, across in that recording?
5: Well, that one, actually on the record, that's probably my least favorite. Just because that one, I mean, I struggled getting that to work. And the reason was because initially when we started doing it, we were just going to do the versions that we do live. And we don't do all those live. We ended up doing the whole record. But that one, I put it down like we do it live, and it was cool. And then we decided, okay, we're going to bring the band in. And all of a sudden, they came in and played, and they played it more like the studio version. I'm like, wait a minute. And it just made everything – just messed everything up for the vibe that we do live. So then I had to kind of – I mean I had to recut guitars, and it was like, boy, that was super hard because all that section is just guitar. What am I following myself and trying to keep it in time? It wasn't easy. So it was a struggle. So I mean, when I listen to that one, I go, yeah, I think a lot of people seem to like it because the song is the song. But I think that there were some tracks that certainly turned out a lot
1: better than that. Now, what would you say your favorite from that? What was your favorite album – your favorite song from that album?
5: It probably would have been either – you mean from the version we did or the the original version? Yeah, from the acoustic version. Oh, from the acoustic version? That's a tough call. Save Your Love is up there. So is uh, Never Change Heart, which was – I wasn't a big fan of the old version of it, the new version of it I love. I mean it it turned out really good. And also we did that uh, Babe, I'm Going to Leave You. I think that turned out really good too. I mean it's – a lot of it is depending on – how much magic comes out of Jack. And I think on Save Your Love, there's just some lines that I'm like, ooh. And and same with when he sang Baby. Just there's some great stuff in there. So I would say probably those three are right at the top.
1: And uh, you, you said we have no idea as far as when to expect new material out. You guys are pretty much done with it. You're just kind of playing the waiting game at this point.
5: Oh, with the, the new record, you mean?
1: Yeah.
5: No, the new record, we're not done with it yet. We're still in the writing process. It's just been slow because oh, wow. of you know Jack moving, and he had to, he moved, and he moved again. And then there was just a lot of different things going on that have slowed us down. But we've got, I think, four songs that are complete, but they're not recorded complete, but they're written and ready got to you. record. But we want to get the rest of the record ready because when we do this, I want to bring Dickie in. To do drums, Dickie and Dan, and I want to knock their stuff out in a day or two. So I want them to come in a day, set up, do sounds, come in the next day, and let's go for it. So I want all the templates ready. I want everybody organized and ready to make this happen fast.
4: Absolutely.
5: So, well, uh, Robbie,
1: thank you so yeah, much so for template. taking time out of your day to talk to us. And uh, man, uh, really looking forward to any new stuff that comes out. And we're going to be living cool. up with the old stuff until that happens. So, Robbie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your weekend.
5: All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye.
6: This is the the
2: Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Bure Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th, featuring As We we'll 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 Become we'll Ghosts and Rat Rod. We'll it's be been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Booray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. And subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today.
7: VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro.
5: Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square.
0: The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for staying with us. Thanks again to Robbie Lochner of Jack Russell's Great White, and guys, it is my extreme pleasure and duty and everything else <laughs> to please welcome Greg Fox from Rock Renaissance Rock Orchestra
3: based out of Vegas. Greg, you with us? I think I am. Hi, CT. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? having a great day here in vegas as always it's 79 degrees here today so i can't complain although i think my guitar player christian brady from hell yeah and i were gonna take a harley ride today so uh we missed out on that because i wanted to be here for you
1: oh man thank you so much but uh (laughs) i i you know we had a conversation last week on the phone and we were talking about a couple of things and the one thing that uh with being based out of Vegas, I wanted to touch on was how crazy things are in Vegas right now and how they look yeah. at the past year and what it looked like when the first lockdowns happened. Uh, where were you? What was going on? And uh, how, how do you, how have you been surviving through all
3: this? Well, it's been a rough one for everybody here in, in Las Vegas. You know, our entire city is based on entertainments and, we have such a huge music community here with all the shows and all the venues and all the casinos. So, yeah, everything shut down and, and really killed us all. And we were all struggling a lot throughout the year. Uh, I've been pre- pretty proud of the community and, and all the things that they've done in this time. You know, everybody is, has done what a musician does when you can't play live. You know, you spend your time creating and and writing and working on Other avenues, you know, a lot of people have kind of gotten into the streaming world, you know, trying to connect with their audiences. And uh, but there's a lot of great product that has come out, and uh, yeah, real proud of the the community. And and of course, Renaissance Rock Orchestra did the same thing when the first uh, when it first hit us back there in March, we were on the edge of a multi million dollar residency that we've been working on in for several years here in Las Vegas, and of course, that went away instantly. Mm. So I was like, "Oh, okay, great." So now, what do you do? Well, you recoup and uh, and move forward in whatever way you can. And we've had to feel our way through that and and figure out, you know, well, what we are going to do with the time. And and of course, once again, I'm just really happy that Renaissance Rock Orchestra was able to to uh, produce a new record that I sat down and immediately started writing. That's that's the thing that kept me sane without going mental is that creativity is is you know the the my finest moment is what i enjoy doing the most so you had to be able to sit and write a new record for renaissance rock orchestra and connect all these musicians together again during covid and and keep them busy and you know we had some best investors that helped us with that to to create this new record so uh that's uh really happy with the product we came out with on the other side of this of course we're not Quite there, but things are looking hopeful. You know, we're seeing casinos opening up, uh, the venues. Uh, there's no word yet on where that's going to quite go and how soon that's going to happen. But Renaissance Rock Orchestra does have a couple really exciting things on the horizon that I can't really quite talk about yet. There's top secret RRO stuff. It's they're in the top secret files, but but it has to do with live shows, and it's that's all awesome. coming up within the. Yeah, it's all coming up within the next 90 days. Thank God. So, uh, yeah, we're all dying to play and, and to get out and get the show on the road again. So looking forward to that. So I, I wanted to ask you about the whole creation
1: of Renaissance Rock Orchestra and how long you've been with the, uh, with the group. Now, do you date back to the very beginning? Yes, uh, I
3: am the writer, composer, uh, keyboardist, musical director. You name it, I wear all the hats Wow! <laughs> up to this point. Yeah, you know, uh, we're getting such great response off the new record that we're shopping it with the labels now. And I really look forward to having a marketing team kind of take over a lot of my responsibilities so I can get back to doing more writing and recording rather than, you know, trying to gain some traction and, and build content for YouTube and, and all those other things. But, yeah, I moved to Las Vegas back in 2010 and I was brought here by my best friend and my bass player for the Renaissance Rock Orchestra Mikey Bones Mikey Bones Tribino and uh yeah we we put a show together and we started working on the Renaissance Rock Orchestra I had he had introduced me to a, a lot of his friends from back east where he's from out there in Queens and and a lot of them were working with uh, with Trans-Siberian Orchestra and we were looking at the show and I was thinking well this is something that is uh, getting a lot of attention. They've kind of created a new genre here, and uh, I think we can do this. So I started writing the material, and and Mikey and I started recording it back in 2014. That's when we first worked on our first record. Now we're, here we are at the third release, and it's taken uh, a number of years to produce it all because it's so difficult to do when you're talking with Talking about string sections and uh, and arrangements and the complexity of a lot of the material, which was originally based on kind of a TSO template. You know, I originally designed the band thinking, "Wow, these guys bring in millions of dollars in, in 90 days every every year. Yeah. Uh, we can certainly do this. Let's do that." But uh, we, we kind of changed the concept by obviously not being Christmas oriented. But right. by bringing in, you know, well-known musicians, rock stars, people from legendary bands, and and many of those were good friends of Mikey Bones, and and were introduced to RRO through Mikey. Mikey passed away unfortunately in 2017, so I've uh, had to kind of take the rest of uh, control of RRO and try to take it into the future without him, which has been a, a horrible, horrible loss. Uh, he was really good friends with Robbie too, and it was Mikey that brought Robbie into. Record uh, The Ice Age Cometh on our last album In Times of Old You know, which you can hear on Spotify Or, or Apple Music, wherever you listen to it But yeah, Robbie, Robbie Killed on The Ice Age Cometh An amazing guitar solo and, and rhythm guitar Stuff too, that was with Finney Apesy, uh The legendary drummer from Black Sabbath and, yes, and Dio So, uh, yeah, and Mark Bowles Sang on that, on the first record You know, we had Robin McCauley also Sing on three tracks And, uh It's uh, On this new record, we've taken a little bit of a turn. I decided that uh, it was time to kind of create a little bit more of a sound of who the band is. You know, it was a fantastic record, the last record, with 27 different rock artists on it. But, uh, you know, every song has a little bit of different tonality uh, with all the different talents. And it was wonderful having all those different skills create such amazing music. It's a great, great record. But on this one... There's a lot more uh, kind of continuity, and uh, the sound is developing. Having Mark Robert Bowles sing all the tracks on the song, and he's he's just so amazing, man. And you know, you had your history before joining or
1: creating this, and uh, you play with some legendary characters yourself. Could you uh, give our listeners a little idea of what your background was?
3: Well, there's there's a lot of names in there, and uh, past being the past, I, I try to, try to kind of concentrate on, on what we're doing now in the future. And, and, uh, but yeah, you know, I've, I've been around for years from the Seattle area and, and played with, with, uh, the boys in heart up there in a band called 10 bulls for, for years and years and years. And it was an amazing experience to work with Roger Fisher and Mike DeRozier from, from heart and, uh, gain a lot of experience in songwriting and, and recording. And, and then of course that opened up even more when, uh, when I got to LA and was living in Venice beach for, for several years, that was after I decided rock and roll was dead and moved out (laughs) of the Northwest and bought a sailboat and sailed around the Bahamas for seven years. So uh, that's absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's kind of a bucket list thing. And, and, you know, it's, it was a great experience. I wish I had that time back. You think of seven years and where we would be right now or where I would be in this, in my career and where Renaissance rock orchestra would be. But I would never want to have to give up those times and the things I learned, you know, when it's just you and mother nature and the waves and the storms and the winds, it it kind of changes you. And and that's, I think a lot of what pushed me when I got off the sailboat and went to LA to Venice beach to, uh, to really start concentrating on instead of hanging on the coattails of, of other Bands and you know, right, famous I rock stars to yeah to, to do my own thing and, and create music that could really be meaningful in, in today. So
1: now with uh, with Renaissance and you brought up Transberian Orchestra and their sound. Now do you uh, with R uh, R O do you guys do any covers? Do you do
3: any other artist you material? Know, yeah, that's a very good question and. In our live shows, we absolutely do. Uh, and uh, that's the great thing about having vocalists like Mark Bowles and Robin McCauley and Tony Harnell from TNT and Brett Kaiser. You know, uh, we bring all, all these guys into the live show. And uh, we like to do their material for sure, you know, to, to uh, do uh, Mark's song off uh, the Trilogy album, Ingve Malmsteen's album, Trilogy uh is is a tremendous thing and of course what we do is we change it to the way renaissance rock orchestra does it it's still a heavy you know kick-ass rock song but we add the string section to it and add string arrangements to kind of make it our own at the same time so yeah we, we do that we try to uh, primarily uh concentrate on what RRO, RRO is and our own compositions but you know when you're doing a big vegas rock show uh you know we kind of steal things you know from from history that are in all of our DNA and try to do a version of that, you know, like uh, we do a version of dream on that we have an amazing uh, orchestral arrangement written for in cashmere by Led Zeppelin. So some of the epic, epic, great rock hits
1: we will certainly do. Now with, uh, with strings and everything else that
3: you guys have happening on stage, how big does the live band get? Well, you know, it, Once again, it's kind of a lot like what Robbie was saying. It kind of depends on the venue and the show and and budget constraints. Obviously, to have a a huge band and a a full orchestra section, string section, uh, can be prohibitive. You know, when we were originally planning the big residency, you know, last year when COVID hit, we were planning on having a, a pretty fairly large string section. But with the way things are right now, it's kind of touch and go, you know, you have to Kind of play it out and see what's gonna happen with the audiences and how much capacity they're gonna allow you to have in a room. You know, right. if they only allow if they only allow hundred people in a one thousand seat room, uh, it's uh, impossible to take uh, you know those proceeds and receipts and pay for an entire band and an entire orchestra. So we're probably going to have to cut down our string sections to maybe just a few violins when we first start again this year and and kind of get the the show on the road again. And once again, the same thing is true when it comes to the band, you know, because generally speaking, uh, we're always a a minimum, a two guitar piece band. And uh, our original plans were to go out with two vocalists also. So, you know, we end up having a seven or, or eight piece band. That are all professional rockers that are fairly expensive themselves. You know, you have to pay these guys yeah. the right kind of budget to get them to do this because there's so many other things they're involved in and so many other opportunities they have. So right. you add that all together, and it's definitely an expensive show to do it the way I'm dreaming about doing it. But I know we're going to get there, CT. It it will definitely happen. <laughs> Man, I'm really looking
1: forward to it. I, I've been a uh, very big TSO fan. Uh, every Christmas, awesome. my wife and I go to see their show. And, you know, I always thought, and I think it's fantastic what you guys are doing, how great it would be to just have a normal show like that. And yes. uh, when TSO did their uh, – they did a Beethoven album and I thought that was great. I was like, okay, well finally they're oh, gonna yeah. do something. But that was like a one
3: like a one-off that they
1: yeah. kind of yeah. put out
3: there. I love that record too though. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I re- I was raised in the orchestra, being a, a violinist myself. So I I've always loved strings and you know, you add strings to keyboards, it sounds incredible together and it lends itself to my writing style and my compositions having such a classical background. So yeah, on the, on the last album, there's numerous instrumentals that are very TSO, a song called JS rock that, that I took a a Bach piece and, and kind of rearranged the entire piece and added onto it with new material. And there's another song called Alexander's symphony. That is another one of my favorites, a little bit more of an ELO type piece, but with some very trans Siberian things. And on that song, Howard Lease, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee from Heart, Howard Lease did a beautiful guitar solo on that song man and you, you guys have had
1: so many people included in uh, what you're doing you, you guys have had a lot of rock royalty involved and
5: been very how blessed has that been yeah. for
1: you guys how does it what
3: how has that been for you guys as far as working with these various oh, artists it's been, it's been incredible you know uh one of the reasons I came to Las Vegas in the first place is because so many people were moving here. As, as far as kind of the the classic rockers, in a in a way, you know, we used to joke about it, calling you know the rock and roll boneyard because everybody ends up here because it's so expensive to let, live out in California, and and you know the rock community is so strong here that everybody is welcomed with open arms. And I just had an amazing pool of artists to work with to uh, to begin the project, which a lot of it all started kind of with Paul Sortino too from uh, rough cut and quiet riot. And he really helped kind of get, uh, the, the Renaissance rock orchestra records rolling. And we did produce a, a couple of the songs at his house when we very first started, but it's been a great experience because, uh, you know, everybody is professionals. And in most cases, you know, everybody brings their own creative style to whatever song we're working on. So it's like you, you take my songs and and you add all these all this different input, all this creativity, and all the years of experience and talent from these guys that are remarkable, remarkable artists, you know, absolutely brilliant rock musicians. And so it takes the songs to a completely new level. But and this, once again, the same thing happened on this record. You know, even though we don't have 27 rock artists on a song of hope, which is the name of, of the new EP, but on a song of hope, uh, you know, with with a singer like Mark Bowles and guitar players. We have three guitar players on the new record, uh, Michael James Romeo from Symphony X, Christian Brady from Hell Yeah, and Tony Alleman from One Cruciers Rat. And those three guys together and what they brought to the table is amazing. We brought in a a, a very, very uh tremendous bass player, Greg Smith, who's been you know, he's he's been around for years and, and his his bass playing and writing was really, really amazing on this record. Greg's played with Alice Cooper and Alan Parsons and Ted Nugent, and Blue Oyster wow. Colt, Billy Joel. Uh, literally, it goes on and on and on. Alan Parsons, and uh, Tommy James and Sean Dells. This, this guy's a brilliant bassist. And to have him be a part of this record, it was the first time, and he kind of did it uh, partially due to his uh, friendship with uh, our original bass player, my best friend, Mikey Bones. They've been friends for years and years and years and and uh, when Mikey died, um, Tracy Mikey's widow ended up giving Greg, you know, some of uh, Mikey's basses and he, he used some of that to record the new Renaissance Rock Orchestra record and and that was very very special to me and to all of us that are Renaissance Rock Orchestra family. So yeah, really great to have him aboard and and then Brian Tishy on drums from White Snake Foreigner, Billy Idol. Brian and I also have a, uh, a Led Zeppelin all-star show that we do here uh, in Las Vegas with Chaz West, the singer from Bonham. Uh, Phil Suzanne from Ozzy on bass. Uh, we, we have Jimmy Picard and Doug Aldridge on guitar alternately. And it's called the Moby Dicks. And so that's another fun thing that, that we do in Vegas a lot. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Now, um, as, as far as... As far as the new album is concerned, uh, is that out yet, or
3: is there a release date known? It's actually going to be released uh, on April 15th, fifteen twenty one 15 is our planned release date, and you can hear a lot of it on YouTube. So I recommend going to YouTube. Be sure you subscribe when you go there, please. Rock and roll Union World. <laughs> because yeah, absolutely. It's so hard to gain traction, we just kind of started the YouTube channel. But, you know, there's some a lot of fun videos on there. I put up all the new material from the new records so people can actually hear the songs. And also there's a lot of footage of us playing in Las Vegas. So you see some of the live footage, uh, not only with uh, Mark Rubber Bowles, but Robin McCauley singing. So that's kind of fun to check out. So uh, yeah, we're shopping the, the the entire new record, A Song of Hope now, with, with several labels. and uh, But still planning the release for, for April 15th. So very awesome. excited about I it. The mean, response has been just off the charts for this new record. So I couldn't be happier.
1: Have you guys ever... Uh, ever considered
3: self-releasing it? I mean, the, the way... We absolutely have. So yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to everybody in the industry and uh, I've tried to figure out the right way to go with this new record and so many people say, you know, why do you need a label anymore? Uh, you should just do it yourself. And, and I understand all that, but uh, I also believe that where we're, where we're at right now with the the level of talent that we have on the record the quality of the songs, but I think the label is going to bring us a lot of things. I think it's going to bring us uh, a lot of traction. Uh, in that, you know, most of the labels come with their own following. You know, uh, whether it's Frontiers that has you know three or four hundred thousand followers on YouTube, or, or Inside Out, uh, you know, labels like this, they they come with with their own backbone of followers and fans, and their own marketing departments. So I think it's going to be really important to to do that and have yeah. this actually distributed properly through a label that's that's been around for years and years that that has the backbone to distribute it right and to bring you that following you know to to add traction to this brand new brand as we try to build the brand so Absolutely. You know, that's that's my plan there you know we'll see there's a number of there are people we we've, we've been talking with about the uh, the record and and they're all very excited about it so it's it's an unknown where it's going to land at this point but yeah i'm sure that's the right way for us to go with this particular project and the level of talent that we have in the project you know
1: so if my, my big question for you is if
3: you could get the future
1: of renaissance rock orchestra as far as you could possibly take it what would be your dream or your ultimate goal for uh renaissance rock
3: orchestra Wow, that is a big one, CT. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> definitely big. Yeah, my, my dreams are not limited or my vision at all when it comes to that. You know, I certainly foresee Renaissance Rock for doing large festivals all around the world. Certainly Europe, where we, we know there's so many festivals that, that are great festivals that exist and, and that love this type of material. You know, so one thing that we're challenged with is, you know, our material and rock in general. Uh, you know, it has, has not had, uh, you know, for the last decade or more. You know, it has, has been losing traction as the years get, go by and the industry changes. But uh, there's, you know, in the rest of the world, other than the United States, rock music is still the number one selling yeah. musical product that there is. So, yeah, I would love to be out and doing festivals and doing tours. I think that uh, taking that Trans Siberian template and using it. In a residency here in Las Vegas is a, a really great way to start and to gain traction. Part of the reason being that touring is so expensive, and uh, you know uh, labels and, and touring companies are trying to reduce their costs and are trying not to spend the kind of money that have been spent over the years in, in doing large shows. So uh, yeah, to start one place where we don't have to move everything and truck it around and still have a, a large production. Uh, and be in one spot and have people come to us is, is a really great way to, to gain fans and followers and to get the word spread, I think, about Renaissance Rock Orchestra. So those are our short-term plans. And, and yeah, those big festivals are are definitely uh, in the future for us.
1: I could tell you in Vegas, man, I I could just see it happening because Vegas, uh, once, once everything gets back to normal, it, it would be great because – you would never know who could pop up on stage with you guys at any given night oh, because
3: absolutely.
1: Vegas is, Vegas being Vegas everybody's in and around so
3: absolutely and everybody wants to come here and i have such a large pool of rock stars to drop on that you know we absolutely plan on doing that ultimately with the show in las vegas you know uh we want to have simon Wright from acd come and, and sit in with us for a weekend or a week you know, uh, and and vary all the different drummers, Vinny Apice and Scott Rockenfield from Queens, right. It goes on and on it. And the same is true of, of the guitar players, you know, Bumblefoot uh, did a brilliant uh, track for us on the last record. And we'd love to have Bumblefoot come in and, and do some shows with us also. And, and they all, they're all excited about it too. When I talked to them about it. It's just like, yeah, you know, who doesn't want to come to Vegas and, and play some music with, with great, great show and a great orchestra and great band and, and make a paycheck at the same time. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun as that develops and grows and you'll be really quite surprised to see the people that end up uh, stepping in and, and doing a few shows with Renaissance rock orchestra here in Vegas. So you're out. Yeah. I, 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 I would
1: think, uh, I don't know if you guys would do like the surprise guest kind of angle where you just never know until you come to the show. And then, I mean, that's,
3: That's great. You know, I foresee that. Yeah, I foresee that happening because so many of these artists are going to end up being here anyway, doing their own shows. So to have them get up on the stage just completely spontaneously. Absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, a lot of the name, name musicians that we're going to bring in the the name artists will probably be advertised in advance. So that'll be all set up contractually. And in that way, it allows people to make their plans too to come to Vegas so hey we know this artist is going to be here this week we want to make sure we see this singer we want to make sure that we see this guitar player with Renaissance Rock Orchestra so we want to do a lot of that in advance so that so that they're aware and kind of plan their vacations
1: yeah absolutely I mean I can't wait to see you guys perform and uh, thank you CT yeah my last question for you Greg is uh, I'm getting ready to play In your uh, in My Loving Arms. Uh, could you give me a little bit of the writing behind that and how what inspired that song?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, before I do, though, I got to give a shout out to Christina, to Christina Abia Artist Promotions. She has been doing just an amazing, amazing job for the Renaissance Rock Orchestra, and I want to thank her for all her hard work and efforts. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant work. She's a great promoter, and I, I really appreciate all her efforts. I also want to say, you know, I,
1: I've I've been uh, in contact with her myself and uh, yeah, she, she's a phenomenal person, very professional and she's a hard worker. Oh my gosh. It's not Uh, just the professional side of her that, that kind of like inspires others. It's also the heart that she shows doing her
3: position. That's true. You know, you're so, so right about that. Her and I have had a lot of conversations and have gotten pretty close over the last month that she's been working for the band and and getting to know her and yeah she's got a lot of heart and soul and and uh yeah she she feels like she's family already for sure and we, we really appreciate her that's awesome so in my love and arms that's kind of a, that's a funny story that you should ask that. Uh, and that will be the first single released off this record, CT. You know what, Greg, it's, let uh, me give
1: a quick pause before we get into this. Looks like we have sure. somebody on the line that might want to talk to you. Thanks for calling the Rock and Roll uh-huh. Union Podcast. Who do we have?
8: It's Christina, your promoter. Just want to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, surprise,
1: Christina.
4: Surprise,
8: surprise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
4: Just...
8: How are you? Soon, doing okay. Happy weekend. Happy yeah. Saturday. You got your vaccination you
3: today, I know.
8: I got my vaccination. I'm going um, first Saturday before Easter. Thank you. And then see what happens. I want to thank you both so much for, with this pandemic, it's also affected promoters, musicians, everyone, but you guys and a few others have really made this dream of mine into a reality to promote to get magazines to get festivals to get people like ct others so i just wanted to call in and say thank you thank you thank you so much for believing me
3: you are so welcome we are are very very blessed to have you aboard it's uh, it's been quite an honor working with you and yeah your uh your skills your energy your enthusiasm uh has has been all paying off very well and uh I couldn't be happier. I would recommend you to anybody out there for sure. You are doing a tremendous job. Thank you
8: I have more coming for Renaissance Work Orchestra. I'm not done yet. My job is not done, Greg. Don't worry. That does not
3: surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) You are amazing. You are absolutely amazing. Thank you you so much, Christina.
8: Thank you both, and I hope you both have a great rest of your weekend. Oh, I'm sorry, C.T.? I was just going to uh, say, you know, I
1: was just telling Greg right before, before you called in that uh, I said you're a very, very professional person to deal with, but it's more so your heart for the business that really shows you. your character, and I really applaud that.
3: Yeah, she thank really has so a love much. and a passion for the music, and uh, yeah, it's, it shows, it shows. And it, thank uh, you. It's I part, of, about it's the part of why you're going to be so successful in this business because of your love and passion thank for the music. You. So yeah
8: Thank you. Thank you both. And thanks again for everything. And like I said, I'm not done. And being part of Cuban, uh, uh, not uh, not. <laughs> not all. my work is not done.
2: I love that about you. I love that about you. Thank
8: you. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. You have a great weekend.
3: You too. All right. You too.
8: Thanks again. <laughs> bye
3: bye. Bye bye. Bye, Christina.
1: All right. So back into In My Love and Arms.
3: Oh, yes, In My Loving Arms. Yeah, uh, very excited about the song and the, and the way it's turned out. Kind of an interesting backstory on this one, though, because uh, I, I actually wrote this song back in the 80s, and I actually recorded this song with a band called Sister Mary that was produced by Howard Leese from Heart. And uh, it included uh, the guitar player uh, Jason Boylston, who uh, has been out with Paul Rogers for years and years and years. But back in those early days, we put something together uh, with Pam Lamore, the singer from Queensryche that played Sweet wow. Sister Mary. She was the singer. And uh, yeah, we had a band called Sister Mary. And This is one of the one of the songs we did back then. So it was a song that I had written uh, all the music and all the lyrics. And and I just felt like it needed kind of like a redo. So uh, what I've done on this record is, is we upped the tempo some and gave it more energy. And uh, then I added, uh, you know, real strings to it. But yeah, this this is a song that, that I, I wrote uh, uh, way back in the eighties for a gallop in Seattle by the name of Judy. And that's a whole nother story in itself. But...
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man. So,
1: uh Greg, I'm just going to ask please keep keep us up to date with everything rock, uh Renaissance Rock Orchestra on the on the Rock and Roll Union page post any any updates at all. Man, we really want to keep Absolutely. up to date with
3: you. We'll be see you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate what you do for for the industry and for all of us musicians. So uh it was great to meet you today and talk with you. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you so much, brother. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. We're going to go ahead and play this track Awesome. Thank you CT. Bye. Have a, have a great weekend.
3: Same to you CT.
1: Bye-bye. See ya. Was Renaissance Rock Orchestra within my loving arms, guys? Uh, unfortunately, we ran a little bit over time tonight. Uh, I'm going to save that Joel Hoekstra interview for another date. My apologies on that, but we will be getting to that within the next couple weeks, guys. We have an amazing show for you guys next week. We have looking forward to the schedule, we got Cobra Page. who's in an amazing rock group, a very big outfit out of Canada called Page and the Lotus. Really excited to talk to them. And then Mark Knight from Bang Tango and Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes will be with us. We'll be discussing his new album that is out now. Make sure you check it out. And uh, guys, that's about it for me this week. Remember, you can now vote on Artist of the Month for April I mean, rather, March. Sorry about that, guys. You can now vote for the Artist of the Month for March. You got Whiskey Grin. You got... Bear with me, guys. You got Whiskey Grin. You got Zenora. And you guys have... our uh, Streetlight Circus out of New York. Those three bands, guys, you have your choice. Make sure you go on the Rock and Roll Union page. You vote for them. And, guys... Make it a great rest of your week. Until next time, remember rock and roll. Have a great week.